It's the Mego Museum Podcast. Scott and Ryan each sold separately. Hello and welcome to the Mego Museum Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm Scott. And we have a full show today because it is the after Toy Fair show. Um, and this means that we're going to discuss all the new lines. And uh, Jason Lenzi from Biff Bang Pow, which is basically our version of Buck Henry, will be popping by to uh, talk about Biff Bang Pow's offering in person. <laughs> it's the most wonderful time of the year, Toy Fair. It, 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 it's unbelievable. And like I've said it before on the podcast, but I can't get over how much stuff we have right now. I can remember, you know, constantly rushing around 1999 and seeing those Hasbro. Do you remember these, Scott? The Hasbro DC Silver Age figures? Yeah, yeah. Which weren't even Mego scale. And getting excited, like, oh my God, we're getting Mego superheroes again. Right. You know, now I wouldn't even buy those. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Not at all. Yeah. And it's, and it's, uh, um, it, it's it, it's weird. It's like a it's kind of like a little fantasy land because, like all of these licenses and properties that, uh, you know, have been on want lists. You know, those like fantasy want lists that people have been talking about in Mego discussion forums for years and years and years are all coming to fruition in one way or the other. Um, Battlestar Galactica, Six Million Dollar Man, and Kiss mm-hmm. are on their way. It's and unbelievable. That's really weird to me. <laughs> it's like I'm not used to living in a world that so frequently gives me what I want. It's strange. Yeah, you almost second guess it a little bit. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm of the same mind. Before we go into that, though, we should talk about some current events, which is unusual for us, uh, in that uh, there's been a couple of TV programs popping up lately that seem to cater to our crowd. Um, I'm talking specifically of AMC's new series, Comic Book Men, which mm-hmm. is, I believe is a Kevin Smith production, and Toy Hunters, which has just been announced is going to get a full season on the Travel Channel. Uh, Toy Hunters is easy to discuss because it's, I haven't seen it yet, but uh, seen it it's, either. yeah, it's, um, it's, it, it focuses around uh, toy dealer Jordan Hembro, who runs a place called he- Hollywood Heroes. Okay. Um, I know of him. I've dealt with him. I've bought some very unique items from him. Uh, so that I've heard from the reviews I've heard of the show, it's it's a fairly upbeat show, and I'm looking forward to seeing that. What I have seen is Comic Book Men, uh, Kevin Smith's new uh, production, which is essentially a geeky version of Pawn Stars. Mm-hmm. And you know, I will I will attest to being a fan of Storage Wars, and watching it and, and lighting up when they do find something nerdy. Um, not necessarily always believing it, but at least enjoying it. So this seemed like the right thing for me to watch. Yeah, um, it's and- definitely it's definitely you know in your wheelhouse. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a fan. Uh, I mean, I am a, 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 a an actual, honest to goodness fan of of American Pickers. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's just that's just a really well done show. the The guys are fun to watch. I always sort of learn something, and and I think we all sort of have a feeling that all of these shows are are staged to one degree or another. Um, but you know, some do it better than others. 
Um, yeah. You know, so I do think, like, I think, I definitely think American Pickers and to a certain extent, extent Pawn Stars are like, you know, the gold standard of this genre of shows. But it's definitely kind of wild to see that now that genre is moving into into the, the, the geek world, which makes a heck of a lot of sense, really. Sure um, does. You know, as far as like, if you want, you know, a, a group of people who love to have their stuff discussed and, you know, are rabid consumers of, of uh, media and pop culture and stuff like that, geeks, geeks are us. And um, so it's really cool to see, you know, and it's certainly always cool to see Migos on TV. It so is. You... And, and to actually have them pronounced Migo. Right. You know, right. which is a rare thing. So, so what that we... said, that said, uh, you told me we were going to talk about it, so I finally pulled Comic Book Men up off the DVR and watched it over the lunch hour. Uh, what What did you think of the show? Um, you know, it's it's a pilot episode, so I'm gonna I'm going to give it a little bit of leeway in the terms of I know some of that staged. I know they pulled some ringers in, uh-huh. uh, mostly because. I recognize some faces. Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, I forgive it for that. I think that it's a little forced. Yeah. And um, I'm sure these are Kevin Smith's good pals and they are a riot to hang out with. Mm-hmm. But uh, tone it down, guys. You know, it, 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 it's a little bit too cute by a half, in my opinion. Um you know the, the 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 interesting stuff, of course, is the stuff that's being brought in, and then there's the sandwich or the filler material, like them going to the flea market. Eh. Right. You know, I I I I think I'll tape it from now on. To be yeah. perfectly honest with you. Yeah, yeah. I watched I, it. I watched it with a, a a heavy thumb on the DVR button. As, yeah. As, as I say, but um, uh, yeah. But so so the the Migo sighting. Somebody walked in with a. It was it was kind of disappointing. Somebody walked in with a Robin, uh, Circle a, Suit Spidey. Circle Suit Spidey, who, my goodness, he's telegenic, isn't he? He does show up a lot, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and then Six Million Dollar Man, and then they spent the whole segment talking about the Six Million Dollar Man. Now that may be because a certain someone who who's producing the show is also writing a Six Million Dollar Man comic book. I don't know. Ah, well, I suppose That's... that could be. Yeah, but it was yeah. kind of it's kind of weird to like name drop the circle suit Spider Man and not like just take a few minutes to explain to you know the vast viewing public who really probably isn't going to care. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like well, what's that? Why it was circle suit Spider Man? I'd never heard of that. But hopefully they Googled it and found us. Well, maybe there's a, a, a an outtake on the website or something like that. I missed. But actually, you know what? That's the only um, segment that didn't seem to have an extended scene. Oh wow. Yeah, I was. I checked that out, but I, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a few more viewings. Well, um, it's interesting. That, so, and we've even heard uh, uh, one of one of our members of the board has announced that he's going to be participating in a a, a picker show. That's um, right. Well, they did the casting picker. call on our boards, and actually, in that same same vein, uh, a documentary company has approached me, and uh, I'll be posting information on it this weekend. About they, they're doing a documentary about doll and action figure collectors, right? And they're a Toronto-based company, so I've, I've I've had the good fortune to speak to them. So there will be kind of an open casting call by them as well. They're looking to feature people in in North America and in the UK for this documentary. <laughs> 
time now in the podcast for a segment we like to call Auction Watch. Uh, this is where we point out an interesting eBay auction, generally Amigo item. And joining us for this is Steve Moore, also known as MC Hammer on the Boards. Steve, welcome aboard. Good day, guys. How's it going, Steve? So, good, uh, good yeah, we, um, we like to point out uh, all kinds of cool stuff that you should spend your money on if you're an Amigo collector. And um, if you've got it all with loose figures or package figures, you might want to start getting into mailer, mailer boxes. boxes. And what mailer boxes are, are they were basically created for catalog companies. Uh, if your mom and dad ordered you a play set, it didn't need to come in the pretty box that was in the toy store, so it just came in a flat cardboard box, usually with a catalog number on it. And if you were lucky, what was inside uh, written on the front. And in this case, uh, the auction is for a mailer boxed bat cave from J.C. Penney. And it has just a cardboard box that says, has the big red lettering Batcave. Mm-hmm. And while this doesn't appeal to a lot of people, there is a segment of collectors who really covet these things and, and consider them part of a collection. And uh, especially if your collection is somewhat finite, I found myself doing it with things like the Remco Monsters. I bought a mailer box set of them last year because there really isn't that much to collect in the line. Mm. So... You know, it's it is a viable collectible, and this item is actually at three hundred dollars and climbing right now, so it's something to take a look at. Well, it's interesting because you know when I was when when I was you know back in the day, as I as they say, when I was a kid buying this stuff, um, I I got a number of my amigos through catalogs. Um, <clears throat> the Sears outlet in my hometown was just a catalog room. That's just a room where you went and picked up your stuff at the counter. Um, mm-hmm. We didn't actually have a store. Um, so actually I, I, I remember quite vividly, uh, ordering a, a Spider-Man from Sears and, uh, no, I, I take that back. I've got it backwards. I ordered a Superman from Sears and they sent me a Spider-Man and I was not into Spider-Man. And I remember throwing a little mini tantrum about the, about it <laughs> because I that was opened, last year. I opened up that cardboard box and there was, you know, Spider-Man. I mean, I would. You know, I, I I'd kill to have it now. You know, but it was you know all wrapped up in plastic in that little brown box. Um, so I can identify with like that sort of nostalgic rush of of seeing something, you know, as it was when, um, you know, in, in its original condition like that. And it's just sort of so odd and unusual in its very plain Jane kind of way. Um, and it's kind of weird to me though that that they are so rare. Because to listen to some of the Mega guys tell it, uh, you know, most of the playset sales went through catalogs. Playsets were were often put together to give catalogs something to sell. Um, you know that Sears and J.C. Penney's and Montgomery Ward's were dri- the driving force behind that stuff. Yet this is the first time I've ever seen a bat cave in a mailer box. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, the Mad Monster Castle, I've never seen that in a mailer box, but I've seen it plenty in a window box, like the the, mm-hmm. the actual litho box. So. Right. Yeah, it's one of those things, it's a mystery. Maybe they just all got thrown out. I mean, it was just a cardboard box. Uh, well, speaking as someone whose uh, most of their Christmases came from the JCPenney catalog, uh, the way it worked for me on Christmas morning was uh, I would unwrap the box, I would tear the mailer box to shreds, and there would be my new toy. So it doesn't seem too odd to me that a lot of them didn't survive. 
hmm. uh, since they were kind of big purchases, kind of, you know, Christmas, birthdays, things like that. Uh, I could see a lot of them just getting destroyed as part of the opening process. That's, That's a good, a good point. point. That's yeah. a good point. And I suppose, too, like when you had a, a box that had a cool picture of Batman or something on it, that might be something that you were more inclined to keep around than just a cardboard box that you would dismiss and throw away. So, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Good point, Steve. I'm glad we brought him along. Yeah, he's, look how he's helping. So handy. I'm occasionally useful. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so check that out. The links are uh, on the homepage of the museum uh, for, the, for this blog, or you can find it in the Auction Watch forum. So let's move on to the big news of the podcast, and that is Toy Fair 2012 has ended, and the dust has settled, and we know what we're up against. And there's a, a well, what our wallets are up against this year, and it's mm-hmm. it's it's pretty impressive. This is one of the better hauls we've had, um, and th- some of the most challenging things for me. Let's move right to Diamond Selects offerings this year. There were a couple surprises in there. Actually, it was all surprises, wasn't it? I th- I th- I think well, so. I didn't expect uh, Mirror Mirror uh, Treks, that's for sure. Yeah, let's go right to that. The Mirror Mirror Treks are coming out, which means Classic Trek is not dead. We thought they were going to move on to Next Generation and be done with it. Mm-hmm. But now we're getting a variant Kirk and Spock. I know a lot of folks are upset about Vina and Chapel being canceled, but this is Kirk and Spock we're talking about. You know, It makes a lot more sense to keep the line going with, with the the A-list so to speak. Yeah, and Kirk and Spock had a, a pretty good track record with the first run that they, they sold through those uh, fairly well, so I could see how they'd go back to that well a little bit with a variation and uh, give it another run. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, but let's definitely take a moment and express, i got to express a little sadness that they're not going to make Vina and Chapel because um, obviously it's like they were solicited for a long time so i guess i guess you know fair and square they had their chance in the marketplace and people were uh interest was not high enough for them to to make it into production but darn it we almost got that green slave girl for captain kirk i think i think things would have been different and this is just me if it wasn't those two as an assortment if it was Vina and somebody else and Chapel and somebody else, I think sure. it would have done better. Sure. Well, in in this case, the the the, the slave girl with Mira Kirk and and Spock with Chapel, that would have been a great assortment. But yeah, um, absolutely. But it is interesting. I wonder if it says anything uh, as far as the the next generation offerings that they followed up Picard and the Borg from the last announcement. With they're going back to original series and not going forward with with next generation, I guess it remains to be seen. I hope that they're going to leapfrog each other. Uh huh. You know, maybe we'll get a next generation assortment, then a classic Trek assortment. That that would that would be my best case scenario in the situation. Yeah. And then we can do crossovers. Right on. <laughs> <laughs> so th- then. So with that Star Trek announcement, we also got to see that Universal Monsters was going forward with a third series. We had kind of been told they were, but we got to see who it was. And this one came as a surprise to me, which was um, Bride of Frankenstein and the Creature from the Black Lagoon. I would have probably hedged my bets that we were getting Phantom of the Opera and Creature from the Black Lagoon. Uh I don't know about you guys. Um, So the Bride was a complete surprise to me. 
I'm just wondering if maybe they think the creature from the Black Lagoon is so strong that they can go ahead and pair anything up with it and then save maybe the Phantom of the Opera for the next one. That is a good point, yeah. You're right, because the Creech is traditionally the strongest selling figure in any monster lineup that I've noticed. He's always the one that's the toughest to find, even when the, the line is brand new. Huh. You know, because he has his own cult of personality, specifically in Japan. Um, and I, I, I think that they could have basically put an Invisible Man doll and literally just had an empty package and it would still sell really well. <laughs> As a set, yeah, even even as a two pack, yeah, yeah, because people love the creature. And, and what do you guys think of this take of the creature? I think it's classic. Uh, I I couldn't have hoped for more personally. Yeah, I I absolutely love it. I know there's some critics out there who are saying, "Oh, they should have sculpted a body." I at any point could have taken a sideshow eight inch creature and put it with my Migos. Yeah. I don't know yeah. what the point of that is. Um, this is what I wanted. I wanted a cloth dolly, you know, with with well, the, the hand. I could have, I would have settled for gloves, but I, I dig the hands and the, and the feet. So I'm completely in love with it. Yeah, well, he'll 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 fit in with the 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 rest of the line real well. As far as you know, they all have those those amazing monster hands. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think it's. I, I I love it because it it's it's true to the Migos style as far as we do you have a printed suit, but it's obviously a nice evolution. I love the fact that they're embedding these uh, what I assume will be you know vinyl or rubber uh, sculpted details into the suit. I think that's brilliant. Um, I, I I I think it's a home run as far as that goes. And um, the the I tell you what, I uh, bought the first. The, the werewolf and Frankenstein um, was on the fence about Dracula and the mummy. I'm not a huge monster guy, but as soon as I saw that creature, I was like, Ooh, I need to get the Dracula and the mummy. Cause I want to complete that line now. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, I can say this line, it, it was at my local Toys R Us and it flew off the shelves. Mm-hmm. It was a really nice thing to see. It sold better than retroaction uh, in, in my neck of the woods, which is uh well, Retro action. What's that? It's it was this line Mattel did, very obscure. Um, I'm not into that whole retro Ghost, thing. Yeah. yeah, Ghostbusters, right? Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. That's right. Actually, we didn't get those in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, good job to uh, Diamond and and MC for making that happen. I think it's a. I think they're really, really doing a great job with their Remigo offerings. They're continuing to grow and show some imagination, and it's a really beautiful figure. And we should talk a little bit about the conjecture that has come from the Diamond booth. Diamond are experts at putting things in the booth and not saying anything and letting people, you know, just kind of make their own conclusions. I think at San Diego Comic-Con, they put Amigo-esque Dawn mm-hmm. in their booth and just kind of, like, didn't no address it. whatsoever. And this time around, they put a Sylvester Stallone doll on a Zyka body uh, from the Expendables 2 and just sat it there. And uh, it's had its effect on us. We've all been talking about it, discussing what it is and if we'd like it or not. And it's an interesting little development. It it seems that uh, we know who the suitor for Zyka is through this action. 
but right. that's all we really know. Yeah. What do you guys think of? Uh, do you want a, an eight-inch Stallone? I'll, I'll oh, I'll sure, I'd buy one. Weigh in on this. What's I, I I would definitely buy one, uh, and I do know that uh, Diamond, uh, you know, went went after the the Zika body as part of uh, grabbing the Buck Rogers license. Uh, I'm curious to see uh, if that Zika body is going to find its way into future uh, Diamond offerings, or if it it was just a display piece that they you know they got the body with everything and they don't really have any plans for it. Uh, I think I think that's an interesting question. Uh, you know, so Stallone's definitely a more buff. Uh, guy, but uh, you know some of the other stuff they've done do- doesn't necessarily lend itself to that body. So you have to wonder what they, what else they might have planned for it. Yeah, I'm I'm super curious as to what they they're going to do with that, and you'd think they would have a going forward business plan on that. So it'll be interesting to see what develops there. I think it was I think it was very surprising. Um, you know, Doctor or you know, Paul has told us, Doctor Migo has told us that that Diamond um, produces their own version of, of the MC body in their own factory. Um, so to me, this sort of seems like a, a weird bit of duplication. Um, but uh, then again, sort of adding a more muscular body to a, a Remigo line is, is not a bad idea. So, But yeah, it's kind of amazing how this figure was just sort of snuck in and with no fanfare... And then that sort of was the way that the Zika, Zika uh, diamond announcement ended up being brought to us through sort of through the back door with very little like we're sort of asking ourselves, what's really going on here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't you you would think that they were on some road somewhere to just throw a Sylvester Stallone likeness out there. You, you wouldn't think that they, they would just do that, you know, off, you know, off the cuff and not have you know, something at least partially in place there. And I guess the other thing is it looks like it's an Expendables version of Stallone, and that's that movie's known more than anything as the kind of ensemble cast of all the, you know, classic action heroes. Uh, so, you know, there's possibly some good stuff there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, you're right. There could be a, there could be an 8-inch Dolph Lundgren in the works. Oh, that'd have to be 10 inches. Right, of course. <laughs> um, and then you know we're talking about little fanfare, and it's just an aside. But there was there was coverage of the Dark Shadows line at present at Toy Fair again. Um, this is, of course, the Spectre toys. Uh, I think they only did three figures uh, last. Was it was it 2010? They came out, mm-hmm. and uh, the the Wave Two was still on display. So hopefully. This line gets a little juice due to the new movie coming out, and we get to see, I think, Quentin, Josette, and Willie uh, in the second line. Uh, I was actually sniffing around on Entertainment Earth a couple days ago looking to see uh, if Barnabas had just happened to pop up again, and I did notice that it uh, Barnabas is there again. He's still out of stock, but he's now listed as... Uh, coming again in june of this year so oh fantastic that, interesting that leads me to believe that uh, possibly they're doing another run uh, just because of that movie you mentioned mm-hmm. which would be a great thing 
Wow. Well, Barnabas, they sold briskly, especially like I, I can only monitor sales through the Mego Museum links, but I couldn't believe how well Chris, I think the Chris Jennings werewolf sold. You know, there is a fan base out there. Yeah, uh, the Barnabases, or I guess Barnaby maybe, uh, are getting really hard to find on the secondary market. Uh, they, they're going for two or three times uh, what retail was, and there's not many for sale now. Wow. I know, I've been looking. Is really? that right? I had not noticed that. Wow. Well, g- congratulations to them. Yeah, that's good to hear. That it's encouraging. So, and then uh, one of the companies that uh, was offering some eight-inch Mego goodness was, of course, Heroes in Action, uh, led by uh, our pal Mark Huckabone, and he had plenty more of his wacky presidential monsters to show off this year. Uh, you know, the combination of of politics, bad puns, and and <laughs> monsters, and uh, just absolutely hilarious that these things are these things keep cropping up um this my favorite this year of course is yeti roosevelt <laughs> with his big stick yeah a, a, a close second for me would be uh al gore al gore uh, yeah some of these are just so obvious but i never would have thought of them in a million years yeah and you know what's funny is he he would call me and run some of these by me and i would laugh in the car and it's it's like you have a crazy friend who's telling you, I'm going to go do this. And you think you're nuts. And then you <laughs> see it at Toy Fair. <laughs> you know, and it's a brilliant action figure. Um, yeah. His his Eisenhower is is hilarious as well. And and I can contest because, you know, I have the first series. These things Lucky are, you. Yeah, they, I know. <laughs> yeah, really. Very rare. Um, these, uh, these things are works of art. Well, that's what's, I mean, that's one of the things to me that makes him so, like, even more hysterical is like, I mean, not only, like you say, they're like sort of bad political puns, but they're executed with such, such expert craftsmanship and, yeah. and, and, and they're just insane attention to detail. You know, um, I mean, you know, I mean, Baracula is, it's almost a throwaway joke. You just, well, take a Barack Obama doll and throw him, you know, put him in a Dracula cape and toss him out there you know but it's like he's going down to you know the embroidered buttons or whatever i mean all the details are incredible on these figures and um, yeah. had i had my druthers if i was involved i would have suggested he just do the 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 lincoln tomland you know blow molded body cheap card art you know the dime store approach but uh, right right but his his you know right down to the packaging artwork to the the figure it's 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 an amazing toy it really is. It, it's actually toy art a little bit, you know. So I, I they are so hard to get a hold of. Yeah, there's been. Yeah, some that's what I was issues. going to say. I'd love to get one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's there. It, well, I guess I'm. Hopefully, we're gonna be. We're, we're, we've been trying to get trying to nail Mark down for an interview. Is is like you know trying to catch a cat, but well, he's rarer right. than the figures. <clears throat> Um, yeah, but yeah, no, he de- definitely had some um, inventory problems. Uh, I think he's working very hard to resolve those. Uh, but you know, I think even f- what he told me was there was a custom snafu, and he only got half his inventory for uh, San Diego Comic Con, which is a big disaster for him, considering right. you know that's where he wants to sell these. Right. Um, I. 
really haven't touched base with him because of Toy Fair, but I imagine that uh, something has changed on that because he's he's moving forward with Wave Two, and I I'm hopefully you'll see um, the first wave at stores very very shortly. Mm-hmm. You know, hopefully we can pin him down for an interview and get his. So so, so so wave two um, was uh, Yeti Rose- Roosevelt, which is just kind of it's like Teddy Roosevelt with like the full full on crazy white mutton chops, and uh, then an, an Andrew Jackson doll, uh, Jack Sparatu, Jack Sparatu. <laughs> so old Hickory as a vampire. Who didn't see that coming? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Um, Al Gore, Al Gore is kind of funny, actually. Uh, like one of the things I like about this line is that it's it is from a political point of view, sort of an equal opportunity offender. Absolutely. And you know, I, I, th- I think I think Rush Limbaugh actually calls calls the former vice president Al Gore. Um, and uh, so it's it, 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 and then along the, those lines, we'll, we haven't seen the actual doll, but the artwork for. Um, Hilvira, Helvira, Secretary of State, is uh, pretty hilarious. Which, of course, is Hillary Clinton. Right, right. And then, and then she'll be be paired with Vampire Hunter Van Palen. Right, and that's uh, that's that's a pretty astute. When he told me that one, I I was just so yeah. amused. And the detail with the, the 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 animal skins is just great. oh, well, she's 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 wearing she's wearing a dead wolf on her head. And and I think she's, she's got a Bible and a crucifix and just the whole nine yards. It's really, really something to see. So. And then you've got General Eisenhower, um, with, what's the Spirit of '76, which is like a George Washington goes to George Washington goes to George Washington. Right. Um, and I I'm think his tra- fa- I think his face comes off. Or there's a variant. I haven't yeah. quite figured that out yet. Um, yeah, you're right. I think his face does come off. Yeah, uh, sort of like the JFK masks. Um, who, who am I missing here? There was one more. Uh, Somebody yeah. should look up the Mega Museum. Those guys always have the answer to these questions. Well, you know, there was a there, one of the, one of th- one of us was doing a gallery for these today, and you'd think he would have the brains to remember. But by that, I mean me. Um, huh? <laughs> I was uploading the pictures in, in, a, in a frenzy, and I'll probably have these done tonight. But yeah, Mark all was right. kind of to share us uh, all. Oh, Ben, Doctor Benjamin Franklin Stein. Are you kidding me? Oh, genius! I haven't even seen that one yet. Yeah, yeah, it's it's terrific, and of course the whole correlation with lightning and the name Franklin. You know how did. How did how did we just not come to that conclusion? Yeah, they they, they seem so obvious, but I, I I never would have thought of any of these hardly in a million years. I think Lincolnstein would have been the only light bulb that ever went off for me. Well, that one's that one's still my favorite. Uh, but yeah, the rest of these after that, I I would have gone dry a long time ago. Well, to be honest with you, you want to hear what a dim bulb I am. Um, at a toy show about three years ago, Mark was set up next to me, and he gave me an Obama doll, and I was goofing with it. I had all kinds of parts uh, in a in a box, and I, I put the Dracula cape on the Obama doll, and I, w- I went to Mark, look, it's Obamula. <laughs> I once thinking that Baracula is far more 
appropriate for this situation. <laughs> so close, but so far away. Oh, swinging a miss. Oh, yeah. yeah, there was also Jimmy Carter as the Peanuts, which is like a, a crazy serial right. type character. Yeah, in a, in a, uh, a straight jacket. Peanut, yeah, in a peanut suit by the looks of things. Oh, my God. All right, so 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 we're getting two Mirror Universe Star Trek figures next year and eight presidential monsters. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Okay. This is imagination. That makes a lot of sense. Wild. Yeah. 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 No. Well, but you know, it's not like Playmates ran with presidential monsters for fourteen years and kind of filled the marketplace. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Well, there's that, and uh, not a lot of license, licensing fees on uh, presidential monsters. No, that's true as well. Yeah, well, that, oh. that, that 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 discussion that was a discussion that people were having at the at the museum as far as like how are you able to get away with this? With uh, uh, and basically the answer is is that they're public figures, and uh, there's certainly a lot of parody going on. Sure, Although but you, I guess you don't even need the parody aspect to to be able to do something like this. No, and and that goes into saying that uh, next year or this year we can hope to have presidential figures. I think it's just presidential heroes yeah. of JFK and Abraham Lincoln, which I will buy. I think those are fantastic, and uh, hopefully, I I've been trying to get a variant done with Mark this year. That I'll hopefully be able to discuss uh, maybe towards the fall, and uh, he's got a few other things that I'm I'm not sure he's ready to reveal, but he's got some really neat stuff cooking up in that head of his. <laughs> Insane! All right, well, that's our look at Toy Fair. I think we should probably move on to talk about uh, Biff Bang Pow. Yeah, they do have a lot to talk about, and joining us for that will be Jason Lindsay. Uh, Steve will not be involved because Scott and I recorded that on Valentine's Day. Just a, a <laughs> just a, 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 an intimate little three-way discussion on Valentine's a, Day. A flashlight into our sad lives. Um, <laughs> I, I know you guys were thinking of me, though, right? Yes, that's right. Well, how could I not? You sent those beautiful flowers to my house. Very nice. Very nice. I didn't get Scott any. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't want to step on toes. <laughs> These triangles. That's all right. Way to kiss up to the boss, Steve. <laughs> hey, all right. I got to do what I got to do. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us on the old podcast here. And I think we should. My pleasure. I think we should probably go ahead and sign off and turn this over to our, our recorded interview with Jason Lindsay, and um, get all get the whole lowdown on the Biff Bang Pow Toy Fair experience. Yeah, there's a lot to say. There is a lot to say. So once again, we prattled on for a, at least an hour talking about Mego Toys, and uh, we'll do it again in a couple of weeks. Yeah, once our batteries recharge. All right. Uh, so uh, until next time, this is Scott. And this is Brian. We're saying? And Steve. And Steve. And Steve. <laughs> Collect them all. Come on. All right. Not awkward uh, at all. Not no. awkward at all. No. Sorry, I messed that end up. No, it's, okay. We always mess it up. Yeah, we'd never actually gotten it right, Steve. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, no, smart people cool. would pre-record the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Know, or have some sort of bumper. Oh, yeah. You know, like the way they do like on old cartoons when He-Man transforms. Right. Look them all. 
right. Uh, joining us now is uh, Jason Lenzi from Biff Bang Pow, no stranger to our podcast, and he's here to talk about the things he hasn't been able to talk about until Toy Fair. Jason, welcome. Yeah, hey, hey guys. It's great to be back on my, my now my, used to be my first favorite podcast, now it's my second favorite podcast. That's understandable. And con- congratulations on that, by the way. That's excellent. I was just listening to it at the gym. Oh, thanks very much. It's, uh, we're getting really nice feedback and building an audience, and um, we love getting feedback from guys like yourselves because we, that, that's the audience, and um, we know how heartfelt it is. So, yeah, so definitely, thank you. Definitely. If our listeners haven't checked out uh, Geek Shell, the Geek Shell and Herrick podcast, it's, uh, it's, it's, you, get, you guys cover so many great things, and you do it so well. Uh-huh. It's very uh-huh. entertaining. And always super informative, and uh, it seems like either one of you always has a cool, some sort of cool behind-the-scenes story to tell or, or nugget from the past, and I've uh, really been enjoying it. Yeah, Thanks, Steph. man. And you're, you're the second person, Scott, that, that has uh, called it crack of some kind. Somebody, someone else wrote a note and said, ah. you, guys, you guys should call it pod crack right. because you've, uh, you've redefined the podcast, which is a bit much, but very, very sweet. Yeah, it was pretty good. Well, when you guys shifted from the Flash Gordon discussion into uh, Downton Abbey, I was like, okay, this is good. This covers like the whole broad stre- spectrum of stuff that I am geeking out about right now. So, well, great, we're hitting the nerve. We yeah. that's, that's good to hear. Thank you. There's, so there's much. a couple of times where I listen to it and I want to interject something. And oh, that, that, that's you know, see, that's another great that's another great compliment we get. I mean, I can't think of a better compliment than somebody saying they're listening to it and they. They want to jump in. They want to like talk to the car. You know, if they're in the car, they want to like talk to the their iPod. You know, yeah. So that yeah. that's a huge compliment. So yeah. we're doing something right. So thank you so much. So it's been a pretty exciting week on the Mego boards as um, yeah. all of this stuff from Toy Fair has been uh, pouring in, and um, we yeah. finally got to finally got to see some some photographs of of some of the stuff that you've been working on that we've known about for a while, but uh, you know. Cylons, um, we see Cylons. And you know, you know what, what I wanted to say was, you guys were nice enough to leak some information prior to Toy Fair, but then there was a lot more that we didn't know that that was exposed. You know, like Adama. Um, yeah, the biggest one for me was the Dalek. Yeah, and and we really were down to the wire between ourselves, like myself and Jason Labwitz, to kind of decide what was going to get out there. And I do want to say one one couple of things. First off, I think this is one of the the most exciting toy fairs probably of the past decade. And I'm not talking just about us being excited about showing you know our stuff. I'm saying across the board, and maybe it's because it's such a huge genre year, you know, for movies and TV and stuff. But there just seems to be a wealth of stuff and cool stuff that's coming out in 2012. And I was excited by, by things that I haven't been in a, in a long, long time. Number two, I want to say that um, really uh, a huge, huge Biff Bang Pow thanks to Jason Labowitz because he really is, is there uh, swinging it really hard for, for Biff Bang Pow and getting everything out there. And in fact, you know, I sent him a message when, when, um, you sent me a note, Brian, saying, mm-hmm. hey, it'd be cool if we could get more pictures. And, you know, right. in the middle of the hurricane that he's in, you know, he was in New York, you know, on the floor. He snapped some quick uh, iPhone shots of the booth and uh, individual items, sent them to me, and then I sent them to you. So Yeah, I, I got to thank thanks. both you and him for that. That was absolutely awesome. 
Well, you guys are just, you've been so great to us and so cool. I think the audience is so receptive and I, I really think and, um, and, and want to, to push and promote as much as possible that the Mego Museum is the headquarters. Like if you want your Mego information, that's got to be the place. I think it always has been, but I think with all the, the new stuff, it should be the, the place to hit too. And we want to be part of it. So, uh, we're happy to, happy to play. Yeah, I really appreciate it. We've been, uh, we we ran into some uh, issues with some companies because they just viewed us as a retro, you know, vintage site. And, right. You know, we had to sit there and go, but you don't understand. If you're releasing an eight inch Superman company, I won't mention. <laughs> we are. We've got all. The, we've got your audience. But <laughs> yeah. No, I, uh, I, I. You know, well, you know what a fan I am of Plaid Stallion. So Appreciate you know, that. you you could have a you could have another website called. You know, My Little Pony headquarters, and I'd still be sending. Oh stuff, no, they're so. vicious over in those forums. Oh yeah, they they can those all those little girls can get really nasty late at night. So yeah, so we're very excited. So please, I'll answer what I what I can, and um, and what what I can't, or what's confidential, I'll you'll understand if I got to keep it close sure, to the best. Sure. So why don't but, we just start with the the new licenses of the year? Um, the big one for a lot of people being Six Million Dollar Man. And we not only got to see, um, I, I realized some of the stuff wasn't ready. Steve wasn't ready to be seen. Yeah. Um, yep. Which is, you know, I, I can completely understand. And uh, Oscar had a uh, an unusual head sculpt for the show, but we did get to see <laughs> his duds as along with the uh, the fembot. But um, this is well. I hope. Let me just jump in right away. I hope people understand, and I've tried to clarify this as much as possible um, that. You know, you, you understand with, with what we do release, when we do release it, that we're dealing with prototypes that it's very clear that there are still going to be changes made, that the heads are a little too big, et cetera, et cetera. And, and we understand that, and we put them out there knowing we're still going to have a dozen questions about them. We're still going to have, you know, more, uh, need to give more information because people want to know more, or they're confused by them. So for us, it has to first get through, you know, our line of defense to say, well, well, are we happy with the way? Are we are we happy enough with the way this thing looks that when it gets out there, the audience is going to understand that this is about eighty percent there and that it still needs some work. Um, and if we're not, then we're not going to put it out. So Steve Austin was an example of we weren't. There was enough that we need, thought needed to be tweaked that we weren't comfortable putting it out, um, giving the wrong impression basically at all. So, um, so we held him. We held him back. So he's he's pretty close, but we just did not feel a hundred percent comfortable on that one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's and, and as and as for the other, and the, as for the the other um, sculpts, they just weren't. Um, you know, Oscar just wasn't wasn't ready, basically. You know, to to, to put out there. So we thought we'd kind of tease. And again, you know, the, the thing I always say, or I have been saying now, that we're getting to be sort of veterans of the retro stuff is. If you like what we've done in the past, and if you've seen our finished, you know, in the store, off the rack product in the past and said, ooh, I like this, I'm going to buy this, or I, or I dig it, then hopefully you'll be able to put that filter on what you're seeing and go, well, I know it's not 100% there, but I've seen what these guys did with, with this one, or Venture, or Tom Baker, or whatever, I know they'll get there. Um, and and you'll understand where where we're going with it, basically. So we felt comfortable enough that we can start doing that now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say I think that 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 both you, 
both BitBank Pow and your audience have sort of matured and grown over the last couple of years as far as, you know, learning to um, judge these things. And of course, I th and I do think people have a lot more faith in, in, in what you guys are going to deliver. So, you know, yeah. we're not seeing, you know, we're not seeing, you know, some of the, some of the comments that we saw early on. I mean, I mean, certainly, mm -hmm. certainly anybody at the Migo Museum who ever asks a question about why are the heads too large at this point, um, you know, needs to be taken out to the woodshed. <laughs> but, or, or, or at it, least, it, or at least, uh, you know, the, the soap in the sock. Yeah, right. yeah, because those right. don't you won't leave any any bruising if you do the soap yeah. or the oranges in the in a sock. Yeah, but but you know it's funny you say it because there, I went on the boards myself um, was it yesterday or the day before, um, and and I I did some more clarification because someone who who I think if I remember correctly was a newish member they got on the board and said oof heads look way too big oh, yeah. you know they need to take care of that um so i thought oh here we go again and yeah. you know well, had to, and then I, I sort of made a statement that said not only is that the case now just just to kind of nip it in the bud which i know won't be doing any good this is how it's always going to be when we show when we show them at this stage the heads will always be bigger than they should be because that's just the way it is uh, but we'll see how good what good that does but but anyway you can continue i apologize I'm rambling. Oh, no worries. So you had some comments, actually, um, you know, and thank, thanks, by the way, for stopping by the boards and, and, sh and chatting with our members. Um, uh, oh, yeah. You had some comments that I thought were interesting regarding um, character selection. I, I guess I'm kind of jumping ahead now to, to uh, Battlestar Galactica. We saw mm -hmm. some new stuff. We didn't know that Adama was, was going to be uh, coming out in an early line, but the, the, the Android sister. And there had been some questions, yeah. myself included, like like when that was first first revealed, I was like, "What? Why this sure. in the first wave?" And da da da. And, sure. And um and there was some question as to whether or not that would stay in the first wave. But but I thought you you made some good points that that I hadn't considered. You, maybe you could restate those. As far well, as that first of all, I, choice. I have I have to admit I do find it kind of strange that it that it's so shocking for so many people that that this would be, in, in other words, this is something that's never been made before. She was never made in any way, shape, or form. And I thought maybe there'd be the odd eyebrow raised here or there, but then the, wow, they're making, they're making one of the androids, and you're kidding me, would have far outweighed that. So far, I've gotten none of that. We've just mainly gotten what are they thinking, which, which kind of surprises me or borderline shocks me. But um, if I could just you know, kind of state you know, how we think about all this stuff, it's it's license. It's case by case. It depends on the license. You know how we sort of think about this. And you know we don't do this stuff lightly. We don't always go, well, this guy definitely has to come out in the in the first wave, and then it's going to be these four. It's, you know there is thought that goes into everything that we do and every wave that we make. And it's not just for the fans. It's for business as well. It's for you know what what's the best sort of assortment that's going to sell well for retailers because we're we're dealing with see, people. I think people tend to think or don't think when they're looking at stuff that, that we're dealing with more than just, you know, a, a fan base. We're dealing with retailers all over the world that might want to, you know, carry this stuff. What's attractive to them? Some of them like having a female, some of them like having a, a creature or something different, you know, and we're not just thinking about what we want or we're not just thinking about what the fans want. We're trying to cover several different bases when we come up with these assortments and we, we make these decisions. None of them are made. Lightly. So with Doctor Who, for example, you know, I was trying to 
to kind of walk that, that tightrope between what, what uh, Dennis Fisher did back in 76 and kind of, you know, wink to the fans and go, we're kind of trying to do something similar here to what they did. You know, Sarah Jane was going to be in the assortment originally. It was going to be Tom Baker, Sarah Jane, Sontaran, Cybermen, etc. Um, but the BBC said no. But the idea was to kind of walk that, that tightrope a little bit, think about what Character Options has already done, but, you know, we don't know what they're doing. We don't know what they have planned. We're not privy to that information. So uh-huh. we have to plan this stuff well in advance and then go, ooh, scare off. I really want to do scare off. And then we had him on the books. We didn't announce it. And all of a sudden, character options announced it's theirs. And people automatically assume that we're sort of taking a cue from them, which isn't the case because we, we thought about it earlier. But that, that's how this goes. So with Battlestar Galactica, $6 million man, $6 million man, you've got a main character, a couple other main characters. And then after that, you kind of, you don't have as as rich a tapestry as you do with Battlestar. You kind of have to have Steve in there all the time. With Battlestar, I figured we had a lot of creatures, a lot of females that never got made, etc. How can we do this where we've got the lead characters, Apollo was never made in this, you know, in in the Mattel line, kind of wink, wink to the 78 wave and then do something that's never been done before. She's never been made in any scale ever. And I always think of her and the and the and the trading cards and the Wonder Bread cards. And I exactly. think of her and the and the Obeons and the Bore. All of these creatures, you know, Obeons made one appearance. Bore made I think one appearance. You know, these aren't the creatures that you have to choose from are fun to play with, and, and I'm glad that there are so many choices, but none of them are, like, mainstays. They're yeah, not, all... not that iconic. I do remember, and, and this you might remember this, isn't there a Battlestar Galactica encyclopedia? Uh, Ooh, did... I don't, there, there, there probably is. I don't remember that. I, I remember reading the chapter on the Android Sisters, and it, <laughs> it was... It was in you know I guess the author had to write some sort of a backstory to the character, and uh-huh. I, I, all I remember is being like ten years old and reading this, and it said something to the point of they had a lot of predators on their planet, so they needed extra eyes and extra mouths so they could <laughs> warn each other. That's brilliant. Yeah, that's, that's which the, then of course led to the natural, the natural uh, job of being a singer. Mm-hmm, it was, it was mm-hmm. you know go right right into a singing career. That makes perfect sense. They, they were and I remember this... always sort of being disturbed by them in the in the TV series. And there, there were parts of Battlestar as an eight year old that kind of disturbed me. And they were one of the things that all I always thought was like super creepy. And that's like you know, if you look back at that pilot, you watch it again, they're actually done very well. They're only mm-hmm. in there for a minute, but I mean, their their the makeup is is terrific. And I just thought this would be fun. Not only is it a female, but it's me. It's us kind of winking, going, "Okay, we'll give you a female. It's this yeah. freak." You know, like, everybody complains about not having enough female characters. Well, we're long, not only are we giving you a female, we're giving you a freaky-deaky one. And, and so I that, guess, was the, that was the thinking. And I guess the choice, too, is you don't want to give out every every integral character in the first couple of waves, either. No, we're, we're, and people think that if you don't do that, the line is in jeopardy. And I, I don't believe that. I think that we, we're going to get through... I think the fan base is strong enough... Um, and the retro fan base is strong enough that we're going to get through three or four waves of, of characters. I, I really do hope so, because we're seeing with Doctor Who and Venture Brothers that even if it doesn't launch you know, you know, incredibly strongly, that it, it builds up a little bit, and then before you know it, people are going, 
oh, I see they're they're talking about another wave. I better get back and grab this first wave. Uh-huh. And they're yeah. doing that. And they certainly did it with, with Venture Brothers, and they're doing it with Doctor Who now. And, you know, with Venture Brothers, we split up the Venture Brothers. We did not put, you know, Hank and Dean in the same wave. We thought, you're, you're forgive the, you know, crude, but you're, you're, you're blowing your wad with, right away by giving all these main characters at once. And we didn't want to do that. And it's work. It, it, you know, we're now getting to third and fourth tier characters, you know, for Venture Brothers. But, you know, we, we walk that line and it gets, it gets tricky. It's, it's, I just want people to understand that these choices, when we make these decisions, you know, for characters and, and, uh, and waves, they're not made, you know, in a flash. It, it takes a while to come up with assortment and, and reasoning for it. You know, it's, it's not a quick decision. I, I was really happy to see Lucifer on display at uh, the yeah. Toy Fair. And what, yeah. what killed me about that is your figure looks better than the actual character did on the show. Because, oh, thanks, man. Because I was watching the show the other day, and it's very obvious that there's a guy holding up the puppet walking around yeah. it's it's uh it doesn't really it doesn't really translate all that well on the show but I, I like the figure a lot i think that's a terrific character choice thanks man and, thank you um, very much and that there, there's a there's a very cool there's a very cool little uh bit of ingenuity that we did there number one you always felt that in the show his head was way too small mm-hmm. you just always felt it was this pinhead on this body because they just they didn't think about it well enough or they didn't get the scale quite right that somebody would be underneath this thing. But I always felt that it was just far too small of a head to be on these shoulders and this, and this body. Um, but uh, there really are no shots, and we looked everywhere, um, of hands or feet for Lucifer. So, oh, you yeah. know, what do, so what do we do? You know? And then at one time, I, I don't know if it came out, but I know that Majestic, was going to do a 12-inch version of Lucifer. And we even tried to find shots of that, uh, either without luck or when we did find the shot, we thought, well, let's take a cue. Maybe they got, maybe, because we're, we're, again, we're on the clock here. We can't, if we don't hear back from the studio to get uh, reference shots by, you know, whatever day it is, we can't wait any longer. We have to go, okay, look, it took too long to find these things. we got to move on this. So we thought, well, we'll look at this 12-inch. Maybe they got the shots that we didn't, and we'll see what they did for hands. So we either couldn't find the shot, or when we did find it, it didn't show the hands. So we thought, why don't we do what we did for Phantom Limb and give them the the uh, the clear arm as, as right. And I believe we're doing it for the bottom half as well, I think. Uh, but it just sort of made sense for that character to do that. Um, that's not something that we necessarily have an official reference for. We just we improvised. Mm-hmm. Well, he he had like a draping robe, right? Basically, or mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, he had like a bishop's robe, you know, those sleeves, like wizard sleeves, which just um, you know covered up his hands. Never kind of stuck out from it. Yeah, well, I don't think he actually had working hands to begin with. So yeah, maybe maybe he didn't because yeah. he was a a robot. I mean, I think he I think he is a a form of Cylon as well. I've never really been all that up on the mythos as to who, what, who, and what they all are. Um, I think the Cylons were robots that were made by the original Cylons, which were like these lizard-type creatures. Okay. And then, and then they died out, and either their brains or their consciousness or something went into the robots, I think, and then the robots became officially Cylons. 
but I, I could be getting that wrong. But I, I, I never, I never knew it as a kid. I even had like the imperious leader figure, and I didn't know what he was. If he was, you know, he was, he was what the Cylons I think originally looked like. They were more, more uh. lizard-like. In fact, we're, um, you know, knock on wood. If we if we make this all happen, we're going to get to the imperious leader. And um, if you look very closely in the pilot, I think it may only be in the pilot. He's got a lizard on his, on one of his arms, and he's sitting up on that throne. You know those lizards that have those, those conical sort of eyes that go all over the place, mm-hmm. like one, one eye looking up and one eye looking down. Yeah, um, it's it's one of those guys, um, and it's on his on his arm. And we're gonna hopefully make that as a little accessory to, oh, cool. to rest on his arm. Yeah, those are the ones that were voiced by Patrick McNee, right? That's right, and Lucifer was voiced by who? Jonathan Harris. Thank you very much, Jonathan Harris. I can tell I'm going to I'm going to have to track down a copy of that Battlestar Encyclopedia. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's full of made-up crap. I'm so lost right now. Jonathan Harris, the straightest actor to ever work in sci-fi. And you know what kills me is that they have a, they had another Lucifer character in the episode I was watching the other day on Netflix. And uh, oh yeah, yeah, was, he's like in a black. He's like in, a, in black robes. And yeah. a gray, I forget his name now, but we're going to hopefully make him too. I was really disappointed it wasn't like Jay Robinson or Charles Nelson Riley doing that one. I, I can't remember who did the voice, but yeah, it was just some some dude. It's funny you say it. I just looked it up the other night because I was. It was bothering me, and it was just some dude I'd never heard of. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I want to switch over to the one I really want to talk about, and I'm going to leave Scott in the dust here with obscure names. Uh-oh. Is your Doctor Who reveals? Yeah. And, and there was one I just noticed today. I was working okay. on the Mego Time Lords blog, which is something that's uh, ancillary to the Mego Museum, and I was just doing a checklist, and I noticed okay. that you've you've shown uh, Lee Hen. Lee, uh, um, Lee Sen Chang, Lee Sen Chang, and Mister Sin, yep. and yep. then you've shown Crawl, but on the on the card, Crawl is being paired with Magnus Greel, which was not shown at Toy Fair. Is is that? Yeah, um, that is sort of that is sort of um, well, it's kind of, it, you know a lot of this stuff, and I have to be very delicate here because a lot of this has to do with being at the mercy of the network. Right. And again, it's case by case with these properties. Some are very much like, yeah, do what you want. Um, some are, no, it's gotta be like this. And then some are like the BBC where it's like every single solitary thing we do is very, very, you know, and, and part of it too. And I'm, I'm not, again, I'm trying to be very delicate because I don't want to step on toes, but, um, they, they know the show, but sometimes you feel like, they know the show in a factual sort of way, but maybe sometimes not in the passionate way that we kind of know the show and why we think things make sense uh, as far as pairings go or things we want to do for Comic-Con or whatever. Um, and we run into a few little hiccups and, and headaches sometimes. Um, I'm going to kind of leave Magnus Grill alone for now because okay. there are some things sort of, sort of hovering. Um, uh, so yeah, so I'll, pro- I'll probably kind of have to, step back from that no worries i just um, saw it on the, but the, the tag there but but uh but the crawl is a great example again of what i was talking about earlier no one's done this before no you know and and lucky for us it just got released on dvd 
which is very cool. Um, so we can kind of ride that a bit. Like it got released a month ago on DVD and there it is, you know, we're showing the prototype, which nobody knew about. Um, and it's, and it's a fun creature that people, people kind of dismiss the story itself. It's not a great story, but it's a Tom Baker story, Sarah Jane's in it. And, uh, and we have these creatures that only appeared in, in this story, never appeared again. Um, and actually, ironically, appeared on another piece of merchandise. You remember those puzzles that were made in the I 70s? I was going to say, yeah, those those weird puzzles. That's right. Like Whitman, I think, might have made them. And there was... There, there was, was the robot one. from Robot. There was, but there was well, like they, three they, of them. Yeah, there was like an army. It was like yeah. an army of giant robots or something. And, and there may have been an crawl. army of crawl, but I think, the, I think in that episode, there was only like two crawl left alive. Right, right. Yeah. It was a very strange, strange. And, and you uh, say they never appeared again because the doctor killed them. <laughs> that's right. That was that was it. They never never showed up again. Yeah. So uh, so that's very exciting because I you know again we want to we want to get to things that have never been made before or that no one else has been able to do yet. And we were, we were I'm thrilled that we got we got crawl up there. We got the crawl up there because um, no one's seen that yet. And speaking of things you've never done before. Uh, First playset, yeah, and of the TARDIS, and it, it's such a, it's such a beautiful marriage of new and vintage with the, uh, the expandable uh, backdrop, so to speak, and the uh, yeah, the, the console and K nine, yeah. Um, now the console actually excites me more than K nine, which is sad, but um, it's just K nine is going to um, as as of right now, it's going to be a, a sort of static. It's not going to going to do much of anything. The console, we're still working on this playset. We're still ironing out details. We're trying to have some more bells and whistles, which we'll get into uh, at a later date. Mm-hmm. But, but, the, but the main thing is to have shown what we did, and we really rushed to kind of get that. So you'll you'll get a very good idea of what this thing is supposed to look like. It's it's with all of our stuff. We're trying to embrace the past and embrace what's already come but expand on it. So, you know, we could have, we could have literally done um, a, a, a redo, a complete perfect redo of the Dennis Fisher TARDIS that came out in 76, where there's a door with a little lock and the spinning mechanism that came in the transporter and the, and the Enterprise and all that. Um, but I didn't want to do that. I wanted to, I wanted to do like a, a, a retro playset, but that, that made sense for now, you know? Um, and I think people are getting the gist of what it's supposed to be because we're getting some really cool comments. Absolutely. I have, I've, I've heard nothing but good things and people excited about that one. And I know I am, I'm probably going to buy two so I can have one to display the in and the out of the TARDIS, but awesome. Yeah. You're, you're killing my space here, Lindsay. Sorry, man. <laughs> it's your fault. I mean, yeah, like I said, this is the, this is the Bitbang Power line that's being done for Brian Hyler. So yes. Careful what you wish for, buddy. Yeah. Well, I, anything, know, anything you need to get rid of, you can just send to me. Product Enterprises stuff is coming your way, Jason. Yeah, I'm just. Can yes, you, sir. Can you can you clarify the 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 TARDIS is going to be uh, laminated cardboard or sealed in vinyl or what 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 kind of surface is that actually going to be? Uh, it's it's probably going to be similar to you know what what you do with your sets. And the original Enterprise, and the original awesome. TARDIS, where it'll be sealed, sort of shiny. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's very much going to depend, as everything, on cost and 
what uh, how it looks as well. It's, and yeah, the product looks like. So you're still still working working that out. The original yeah. Denny Fisher TARDIS is just cardboard. Yeah, it's just cardboard, but it's in it's it's between plastic, like the yeah. Dida set. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. We just haven't figured that out just yet, but yeah. Very cool. So um, I wanted to ask too about the. I don't know if we've talked about the Fembot yet. No, um, we kind of glossed but, over that. Yeah. What if you know? So awesome. Kudos. Fantastic. Everybody's really looking forward to that. Um, Thank I wanted you. to clarify. Now, is she going to come? With a face, like with a human yeah. face that pops off, or because uh, I didn't see that detail, I was wondering about that. Well, we're we're I don't know how much I should say here because we've we've actually got another character uh, from the Twilight Zone that's very similar. Yes, uh, from one of the stories where the um, remember the the astronaut gets the girl that turns out she's a she's a robot. Yeah, 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 um, a companion. Right, and she's got um, a sculpt that we were, we've kind of been back and forth on it, whether it'll be in the package on the face, whether it'll be in the package, you know, off the face, where you see the the android head, Um, and we're sort of on the fence about some things with Fembot. So, you know what, again, I'm I'm going to hold hold off on, on that detail just yet, if you don't mind. No problem. No worries. We'll, we'll keep we'll keep everybody everybody guessing, and we'll give them something to speculate about on the board. If I didn't, if I if I gave all the answers, there would be nothing to talk about on the Mego boards. Absolutely. Now well, we can speculate whether it's going to be based on Janice Whitby or um, one of the other actors. I don't know why I know that. See, because as you can imagine, you know there are people like Brian at these networks and studios and and such that that know about such things and that know that there are likeness issues that come into play here. Right. So even, even sometimes when we go, well, look, we're going to make it look like someone's, we know that someone still played the character, but we're going to tweak it and change it enough like a mini mate. You know, that, that's, that's how diamond has the perfect world with all those ah. properties of mini mates. They never have to worry about likenesses. That's why you've got back to the future. You've got all these properties that, they never ever have to worry about likeness issues because they all look like friggin' mini mates. That's it. Nobody yeah. thinks it really looks like Michael J. Fox. Right. Um, we even when we try to say we're going to make it nondescript, they say no, it's too close. You're going to have to go through that estate. Sometimes the people are still alive, but most of the time with these older properties, you're dealing with an estate, and it and it takes forever. So. Um, I'm not trying to be vague. It's just that sometimes it's like, well, if, if it's going to be too much of a headache, we're just going to avoid it altogether because we don't have the time or the inclination to have to to do that. It just before you know, the longer you spend on that, six months can go by and your license is gone. And that that's really changed because back in the day, I think Kenner probably just made a Mascatron look like John Saxon. I bet you Saxon didn't see a penny. I'd, I'd, I'll, abs- I'll bet you that Saxon signed a piece of paper in 76 or whatever it was that said your your whole life is covered here. Whatever we do with this. Of course, they had no idea yeah. what what ancillary things were going to come down the pike like VHS or any of that stuff. Yeah. But with toys, I'm sure that was all it was all signed away. I mean, I, I've seen, you know, 30, 32, 33 year olds paperwork for the Flash Gordon movie that was put together by Universal and all those all those actors 
um, it's pretty much in perpetuity. They don't have, they, they can't even give approval on likeness issues at all. I, I, um, made, I, still, I personally made Mark Leonard's head explode by bringing a carded Migo Romulan to a Star Trek convention in the <laughs> 80s for his signature. Really? Oh, he, oh. he got mad. And then I pulled what out, a, he just went, what is this? I never got, what, what, like he, he was stammering. Oh my God. I never seen wow. it. Wow. And um, then Have I handed him. Have you never seen an, it before? No, and I handed him an Urko, and he was like, what? <laughs> and he, like, he just, he got, I, I'll never forget oh. it because I kind of upset him. And this is back when stars signed for free. You know, they they just sold pictures and stuff. So, yeah. Well, clearly the- he hadn't. Clearly he hadn't been through the colonar because all yeah. of his emotion would have been purged. True that. Yeah. And, and if he if he got really upset, um, clearly he he failed uh, the colonar. So, so, that's, so that's disappointing. Sort of a segue onto this is moving <laughs> st- sticking with a six million dollar man. Is that despite all of these mm-hmm. sort of like, likeness issues and and actors, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, you're doing you're doing three Woody, Rudy Wells faces. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, could, I cannot believe that you. It's 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 such a cool idea, but it's like it's so to me like so unexpected. It's crazy nerd it's, service. It's it's, it's, really, it's, it's nerd amazing. service, and it's really getting into like the the Simpsons realm of like how did ridiculous. That, how did that and come I just, about? I just um, it was sort of you know we knew from way back that it was this character. I mean, it's you know, lives large in the in the Six Million Dollar Man uh, mythos that it was played by three different different actors. Like, what would we do? How should we do it? Should we just Go with the most popular, and then we started to think, well, wait a minute, we could really have some fun with this. And again, in conjunction with us thinking about it, people are talking about things on the boards, like, well, what if they go with this one? How about if they do this one different? And I don't know if somebody made this suggestion or what. Um, uh, it certainly, I don't recall that it was ever a day that we were like, hey, look what somebody wrote. Let's do that. It was probably very much in tandem, or we had the idea, whatever it was. But we knew that it would appeal to the fan base and the retro fan base. Um, so I just want to say for the record on this podcast, every single person that goes on those Amigo boards better come out and buy this baby because we're doing it for you guys. We're, we're doing three heads. Three heads are going to come with this obscure character uh, for the for the Amigo head. So please, buy, no, buy one, buy two. It's the first time you'll ever hear, and probably the last time you'll ever hear, of like, I prefer the Alan Oppenheimer sculpt. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you don't and, hear that every day. And these, this is the, the, the heads are the one that come in the, in the Oscar, Oscar Goldman briefcase, correct? Or is that say a separate? Say that one more time. The, head, the Rudy Wells heads come in the Oscar Goldman briefcase packaging? Tin. Tin, like a tin the token. tin, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, those... that's the one. The question now, uh, and I guess we can. This is a perfect platform to throw it out there. The question now becomes, who gets to be the champion? Like, who gets to be the champion, Rudy, that is wearing what face is worn in the packaging uh, with the other ones next to it? Ah. Uh, personally, I'm, I, I personally want to vote for Oppenheimer, but I have selfish reasons because he was the voice of Ming the Merciless in the filmation. Flash Gordon cartoon in 1979. Yes, I know he's done a million other voices. Yes, I know he was Skeletor as well. But for me, he will always be the first Ming the Merciless before. Mm. Um, I mean, I know Charles Middleton did it back in the 30s. Everybody calm down. But it was him, and then it was next <laughs> one to sit out. So 
So I kind of thinking uh, maybe Oppenheimer gets it, but let's open it up to the the Nigo fans. Well, who do you guys want to want to see where the head? I, I want to see a I passionate see. shouting match over this. I smell a poll. Yes. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's, let's see. All right. Uh, one last let's thing before the internet we... works. Before we start to wrap up, I, I it seems like I sort of got lost in, in some of the excitement, but I did see a couple of um, uh, uh, new Venture Brothers characters. Ah, yes, some really good yes, ones. Yes, yes, we did. Um, yeah, um, yeah, we're names are escaping me um, at know, the moment. Pete White Pete and White. Jefferson Twilight, yeah. two of uh, my absolute favorite characters. That well, you, uh, I could let I could let Brian take this one, but but you basically can tell from that that we're trying to as we originally tried to promise trying to finish the triad mm-hmm. make sure that mm-hmm. happens mm-hmm. uh and if and if you see pete white then you know billy's not not too uh too far behind um i guess i can get this little piece of information out and just to tell you how passionate we are about this stuff and how detailed we are um uh jackson public and some folks from Cartoon Network, the network, uh, were at Toy Fair, apparently. And um, amongst everything that was being discussed and all the stuff that's already there and has existed previously and all the kudos that were going out, um, Jackson was like, I think Billy's head's going to need to be bigger. So we are trying to... We are, we are that's trying never to happened make this before. happen. The irony. That's never happened before. We are trying to make this happen at the sort of, a, it's not really the 11th hour, but it's getting close <laughs> to make, uh, to make Billy's head larger on the finished figure because his head is so big in the show. It's hilarious. Um, he's hydrocephalic. Isn't he hydrocephalic? I Brian, forget. Is problem? I, it's, you know what? Yeah. I need to re, I'm not, my wife isn't into ventures, so I have to find times to watch it. Yeah. Um, sure. Yeah, but uh, it's one of the few things she doesn't dig about me. Um, but uh, well, you're still a pretty lucky fella because there's a lot of stuff that that she digs about you that I find extraordinary. That she's the stuff that she's into and she'll watch. It's just amazing. I ain't complaining, sir. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's just that's one of the things that she's like. Can we watch something else when it's on? She doesn't see the humor, sure. you know. So, uh, sure. but. For me, well, I, I, I haven't uh, watched it in a while. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, I'm I'm excited about all of our stuff. I love it all. Um, we put a lot of time and a lot of effort into it. But I have to tell you, selfishly, again, I am so excited for everything we have planned for Doctor Who. Battlestar <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Galactica and Doctor Who, they just get me giddy when I look at these pictures because I feel like I'm I'm eight years old. Uh, um, it was the the memories are so vivid for watching both those shows as a kid. And um, never got all the Battlestar toys that I wanted. I got some of them. Uh, but we never got Doctor Who. And to be able to do this in this format, uh, we're just really, really excited. And it just it makes me smile a lot. And we're getting some very cool things planned for the 50th anniversary because it's right around the corner. And Brian and I were talking about this. We remember how exciting it was for the 20th anniversary. What a big deal oh, that was. Oh, boy, yes. Yeah. Do you remember that? And did you get the the Peter Haining uh, celebration book? I bought that. I bought the Radio Time special, and I overpaid. And yep. this is how long ago this was. I got a fifty cent refund refund check from the guy I bought it from. His name was Steve <laughs> Jeppy. Steve Jeppy. Yeah. Or Gep- what a great name! No, but I remember. It's I mean, the diamond uh, owner. 
Oh, that's who he is? Yeah, he the, he just had a comic store back then. Oh, that's brilliant. I remember the, the Celebration book, because, because at that time, that really was, especially for us well, oh. here in Canada, you know, in America, that was the Bible. That was the biggest one-stop shopping piece of information we had about Doctor Who. And there were pictures in there that I'd never seen. And I, I thought, pictures. I thought the, the Hartnell and Trout and stuff, they might as well have been in Birth of a Nation. Because for me, it was like, that, that's how old that stuff must have been. Uh, and that book, I believe, at retail cost me like twenty five dollars in nineteen eighty three. That was a lot of money for me to spend. Yep. As a, as a thirteen year old or whatever. Um, so now, see, I'm even talking about this now, and I'm kind of getting goose pimply because it's like, holy crap! I'm I'm making, you know, I'm part of an operation where we're making Doctor Who toys that I never got as a kid watching the show, and it just the things that we've got planned for the anniversary are so cool. I mean, did you see the, I know this is off topic a little bit, but did you see the black and white TARDIS? Yes. Did, did you guys catch that in the case? I did. You know, with the, no, I did. With the original logo, with the, with the original Doctor Who logo on. Oh, I, I didn't mean, catch the logo. What, what, what? what? There's nothing, but we've got a, a black and white, the, 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 what's head. really cool uh, about what Stephen Moffat is doing with the show is that, He's, he's very much uh, very aware of the past and very aware of trying to get back very much the way like Timothy Dalton, you know, did bond and kind of go back to the basics. And he's trying to kind of do that. I think with, with uh, Matt Smith's era and starting with the TARDIS, having the St. John's ambulance emblem on the door and, and looking the way that it does, it looks just like the TARDIS did back in 63 and 64. So Knowing that, we said, well, look, let's do a current bobblehead of the TARDIS, because the one from the 70s we did last year did so well. And let's also take it and put it in a black and white paint scheme, change the logo to be the original logo, and we've got our original TARDIS bobblehead. I guess it's the same TARDIS, but it's, we're going to play with things like that with the toys, um, because it's just, you know, even even the, um, even the you know, the, the logo, that, that logo's not on anything. You know, it, it's not been on anything in all these years, practically. So we're planning a, a stack of, of coasters that each one features a different logo from Doctor Who throughout the oh, year. Oh, that's cool. You know, I mean, I know, it's, again, it's off topic and they're coasters, but it's like, that's the kind of stuff that I'm going, I can't believe I get to play in this sandbox. And we get to, I get to be the guy that helps make this stuff. It's very, very, very sexy. I'm having a lot of fun doing it, so... Um, I hope that answered some of your questions. I got one last one for you. Um, mm. You you revealed William Hartnell at the show, I did. which gave a yes. lot of Who fans uh, goosebumps. Uh, yes, and I I believe you told me that that's possibly part of a San Diego exclusive. Correct? Yes. Are yes. You, any hints as to who he would be saddled with? Well, unfortunately, I'm going to be as vague as I possibly can be about this. Unfortunately, the 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 plans that we originally had uh, can't happen. Okay. So, so originally, it was supposed to be Hartnell and another figure. Um, that can't happen now. So it may be, you know, when you make these plans so far in advance and you work on them for so long, when things like that have to change. Unless you've got another character and another sculpt just sitting on the desk waiting to go like, hey, pick me, you know, you don't have extras. So we, right. we, we either scramble to try to get another character yep. or we come up with another concept for whatever that 
exclusive was going to be, and we are currently discussing that right now. Like, 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 what is going to replace that missing element there that was supposed to happen? Mm-hmm. I've got a so, great idea um, for you. Yeah, it, this is a great opportunity for you to sneak the Desmond Hume character back into. Oh wait, that's a different show. You think so? Yeah. I mean, you know what? You know what? And I'm, I'm, you're probably going to punch me through the phone here, but, but doing that, Scott, would probably make more sense than anything that happened in the finale of that show. <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh. If, I'm sorry to pee in your cornflakes, buddy, but, uh, but if we put Desmond into a Doctor Who way, it would make about as much sense as anything that they did. It, it truly would. Don't so, spoil it for me. I haven't seen it. That, Maybe if we do that, that'll give us. A, that's not spoiling anything, Brian. Trust me, it's not going to make. <laughs> it won't make any difference, but it'll make. Uh, hey, it'll I, make more sense having him and Doctor Who somehow. I think it would be. A, I think it would be an awesome mashup. People would totally go for it. Well, there was time right. travel. In yeah, the and, yeah, exactly. I was going to say there was Scottish. time travel. Yeah, he's Scottish. Why not? Yeah, yeah why not? On. We'll, so we'll put a. We'll, we'll put it in fringe packaging, so we'll really. Mess people up. Oh, I know French. <laughs> I, right, I would do it, but I just I'm 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 terrified of what the fanfic would be all over the internet. That that starts to scare me. Desmond Doctor Who fanfic. Well, maybe Desmond will be the twelfth Doctor, and Scott will uh, finally be happy. There you go. There you go. There you go. Well, I hope that helps, right, guys. Well, I hope thank you. you for, I hope you learned something. Thank you so much, Jason. Yeah, thanks for letting us. My hang pleasure, out in your as always. My pleasure, as always, and thank you to everybody for listening, and thank you for buying and thanks for suggestions and um thanks for all, now i got an opportunity to say thanks for all the votes and uh, for the uh the cubbies it was awesome to to get some some uh top honors and ties it's really really cool so thanks to all the fans and right happy valentine's day and when are we getting my do we get awards this year am i going to actually get i was just going to say your award is in my garage i will try and get it out next week <laughs> Yeah, and I will awesome. get one out to Doctor Migo at MC <laughs> and to Zyka and to the boys at Castaway this year. I promise you guys. That's you got me to ask for you. So there you go. Right on. Oh yeah, Migo podcast. You guys are awesome. This is Art Baltazar saying that I love your show, love your podcast, love the Migo Museum website. And I'm looking forward to that awesome creature from the Black Lagoon, Migo. He looks cool, and I can't wait to get a big foot and have them fight. That's right. I'm going to have an ultimate battle with the creature versus Bigfoot in my house. It's going to rock. Maybe the kiss figures will be judges. It's going to be good. Everybody's invited. Keep up the good work, guys. Love your show. You guys are rock stars. Okay, bye-bye. Hey, Amigo Museum members, this is Will. I'm Galaxy Explorer on the forum boards. Uh, I'll make this quick. Um, I'm not in the industry. I'm just a guy who has a modest collection, but I think, for me, this may be the best year so far for Remigo. Um, a Remigo, uh, the fact that the style is being made again, uh, that's what got me back into collecting again. Um, when I was a kid, I didn't even know that the brand was called Migo. You know, they were just my toys, but... Uh, this year, heck, man, we're getting Kiss from Classic TV Toys. We're getting $6 million Man, Battlestar Galactica, the continuation of Doctor Who and Twilight Zone, all from Big Bang Pow, not to mention a great playset of the um, the TARDIS. That uh, looks awesome. Uh, and then we're getting Classic Trek, of course, and uh, 
mirror mirror figures. Um, but most of all, what I'm really really psyched about is the bride, and of course, uh, number one is Creature from the Black Lagoon. Uh, if there was one toy that I wanted, it was Creature from the Black Lagoon. Um, so thanks so much to all who are involved in that. And um, although it's a prototype, uh, I'm looking at it right now on the on the website. Um, Although it's a prototype, there's lots of things I still just really dig about it that I don't really want to change, like, you know, when it comes out as a toy. Um, there's a lot of different shades of green on it, and I but I like that. I like the fact that there's um, a lot of different shades. I know some people are, you know, asking on the boards, are, are all the colors going to match? And I almost kind of like it, you know, not matching. I like the dichotomy of several different greens on there. But um, anyway, thanks again to all involved in this, and uh it looks like uh, 2012 is going to be a great year for Remigo. And um, anyway, I'm signing off. So thanks a lot, and uh, see you guys later. Later.